0: Continue on this Christmas theme. We thank you all for for being out brother Brian Well we've missed you and it's so good to have you in the house of the Lord with us this morning and uh, and and we just we love to see everybody that's here. I want to wish everybody a merry Christmas month of December one more time and we're going to continue on the same vein that we've been in for the last several weeks. I think every week in December. I didn't plan to do this but I should have called it a series because it seems like every week the Lord lays the l- the lyrics of another song on my heart, and that's the way that he's led me to preach each month, or each week of this month of December, he has led me back to the to the Christmas songs, and let me just begin to examine those, and, and analyze them if you will, and look at them through the lenses of the Holy Spirit, and just, uh, and just has taken me on a journey this past month, but this week uh, nothing is uh, any different in that we are going to take a look, the children can be dismissed because I saw Abby stand up. One of these days, I'm going to beat her to that um, or or, or just remember it. I think maybe we'll see that may that may come in year number three. I don't know. Um, Amen. I I like the first year, the second year, I'm going to probably learn more than ever. In year number three, I'll be I'll be able to dismiss Children's Church. I'm not sure if I want Children's Church to be dismissed. It looks like half the congregation just left. You guys have fun. Amen. Turn with me in your scripture, if you will, to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 18. I want to talk to you this morning um, about the lyrics of another Christmas song that God had laid on my heart as I began to sing. And I'm constantly going around the house singing. and. A lot of times, I'm singing just my own song to the Lord, and I'll take I'll take words, and I'll just sing just a, a one refrain of a of a song that I'm just you know that just seems to be my heart's cry of praise or worship in that moment. And uh, but this week, I was going through the house, just saying, just kind of humming to myself, or just saying, "Do you hear what I hear?" I was, you know, we hear that on the radio. "Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Uh, do you do you see what I see?" Do you hear what I hear? I like how the song ends. He says, "Listen to what I say." And we're going to get there this morning. But I want to—I want to ask you a question this morning in the house because this is this song is actually a question. I, w- I should have had Eli put a question mark upon it because it's actually a question, and the, the songwriter is actually asking something. He's saying, "Do you hear the thing that I'm hearing? Do you hear what I am hearing?" And I think that that's a powerful question. And there's a lot to be said in that one thing, as the songwriter would say. I know we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the baby crying in the distance is what he's saying. Do you hear what I hear? It's the cries of the baby. But I believe the songwriter, as he was writing that, was not talking about just the sound of the baby crying in the distance. He was saying, do you hear that the Redeemer has been born among us? I mean, do you hear the sounds of Emmanuel coming with us? He's saying, do you hear what I Hear and I, I have to ask that question this morning. Do you hear the same thing that I hear? Are you hearing the same thing that I'm hearing? Because in this world that we live in, there's a lot of noise. In this in this time in which we live in there's a lot of sounding off that's going on there's a lot of there's a lot of, of noise being noised abroad. there's music and there's there's people talking and there's clatter and there's chatter and there's politics and there's there's sports and everything that's making noise in our ear. but the question is that do you hear what I hear and well, let me ask you it a different way is there unity in our hearing? Is there unity among our ears? I want to begin reading at verse number 41 in chapter number 18 of the book of 1 Kings. I said that a little backwards. Some of you may be confused. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 41. And the scripture reads that Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Elijah began to hear something. Elijah, you know, I, I don't need to go much farther than that in the scripture this morning. Elijah began to hear something. He said, listen, get up, Ahab. I hear something happening. You need to eat and drink. For there is the sound of the abundance of rain. There's been a drought for a long time, but I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And then it says, so Ahab went up and eat to eat and drink. Listen, he was an evil king, but he still knew when the prophet was talking. I need to heed what he's saying. And so he got up and and he he he, he began to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he said and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and he said to his servant. Go up now, look toward the sea. And when he went up and he looked and he said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again. Seven times he said this. And it came to pass that at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariots and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black and the, clou- and the clouds and the wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel Father in the name of Jesus we thank you for your word I pray right now for the anointing to touch me God Lord more than the anointing to touch me Lord the anointing to flow through me God Lord to the to the people Lord that they would hear a rhema word Lord for right now an instant word in this season God the word that they need to hear this morning, God, you have just what they need. You have, Lord, the Spirit has everything that we have need of. He even knows what we have need of before we can even ask. And so, this morning, I pray that Your Word would accomplish everything that it set out to do. God, I pray that You would be glorified in all of this, Lord, but that there would be a that there would be a chain breaking anointing, a yoke breaking anointing in this house this morning. God, we pray for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, "Amen." And amen. And so the question that begs to be asked again is, do you hear what I hear? You see, Elijah was in this in this time and place where he was, uh, where there was a drought happening, and he was in rivalry. Many of you know the story. He was in rivalry with this king Ahab and this queen Jezebel, and and he was constantly at odds because he was the man of God, and they were the man and woman of the devil. Amen. Uh, and I, I'm telling you that we're, there's this battle that is being waged and sometimes i feel like elijah and sometimes i wonder how many jezebel and ahabs there really are running around don't look at anybody but i'm telling you that he said something here that was so profound uh, and and i began to look at the scripture as i began to wonder do you hear what i hear i began to look at elijah and as he as he got up from his prayer now let me let me set the stage real quick this is just after he had he had he had killed all the prophets of Asherah and all the prophets of Baal. I believe it was some 850 prophets prophets altogether. There was 450 prophets of Baal, and there was 400 prophets of Asherah, and, and he had stopped them after they had pleaded with their false gods, and he had made fun of them, and you know that he said, the first God that answers by fire, shake your heads at me if you know what I'm talking about. I'm just setting a stage, this was directly after that. I mean, let me tell you something, when you are working for God, that the, you never get a chance to stop, because I'm telling you, uh, this would go good with the momentum, uh, uh, momentum sermon that I preached a couple weeks ago because Elijah had just finished and, and literally he said in verse number 40 he said and Elijah said take the prophets of Baal and not let one of them escape and so they, it says that they slew them and then the very next series of scripture you see Elijah and there's no rest for him there's no, there's no weariness that he gets to take but all of a sudden he begins to speak to the king and he says something very profound to him he says I need you to get up and get out of here and go eat and drink because you haven't been eating and drinking as much but I'm telling you there's a sound that I'm hearing in my ear and it's the sound of the abundance of rain and I got it on on good uh, idea this morning that he was the only one hearing that sound if they all heard the sound of the abundance of rain they would all have already been gone And taking care of business, but Elijah heard something and he heard it on his own. And so I ask you again, do you hear what I hear? There's a lot of noise that's being noised abroad. The scripture says it like this in the book of Revelations and Jesus said it throughout some of, of the uh, the gospels. He said he that hath an ear let him hear every man that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit would say and I, 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 you've heard me announce that over and over. I never even preached that before I became a pastor. I never even quoted the words he that hath an ear let him hear it wasn't something that was resounding in my heart but ever since I began to pastor this church. I've heard the Spirit say, he that hath an ear, let him hear. I I, I heard the Spirit say, you've heard me testify about how God said, I'm going to send you to a people and there's going to be a revival coming and I believe that in that time uh, that revival is going to be coming. It's coming because he that hath an ear is going to hear what the Spirit would say to the church and I, I, it resounds throughout my heart. Every time I get a microphone in my hand and I begin to preach, I just want to say I could lit, literally do a mic drop. And be done today after I say he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit would say to the church I need to tell you if we would hear what the spirit is saying to the church this morning you wouldn't need to listen to me anymore you wouldn't need to listen to your brother you wouldn't need to watch Oprah you wouldn't need to watch Dr. Phil you wouldn't need to seek your guidance anywhere else they would go broke across the street and with their palm reading and everything else if the church would begin to hear what the spirit of the Lord is Saying to us in these last days, we wouldn't need anything else, we just need the Spirit of God. But you see, what's happening is we are listening to the spirits, but oftentimes we're not listening to the Spirit. You see, the spirits are all speaking, the spirit of entertainment is speaking all around America today. Even now, there are people that are not here, but they're on their couch and they are watching the spirit of entertainment. There are many people who didn't get up to go to church this morning because they stayed out too late in the bar in the spirit of entertainment. The lust of the eyes was all over them, and they were listening to a spirit, but it wasn't the spirit of God. Many people are listening to the different spirits, and I'm telling you that there are more than there is more than one spirit that is speaking in the church even right now. I need you to hear my voice. There are spirits. We we like to think of this place as holy ground, but the reality is that there's a dominion in the air that we do not see unless we take it by force back and drive out the the demons that are in this air around us, then they're going to still be here. And I've just got news for you today. We haven't driven them all the way out of the church. And you can't just drive them out once and say, do not enter, and they just don't come back. Because the reality is you can get rid of Jezebel out of your the spirit. I'm taking all my shoes. I don't know why um, the, the, you can get rid of the spirit of Jezebel in the house, uh, but you're going to have to maybe get rid of her again next week because she's not going to turn around and leave and not come back. But the problem is that there are spirits. Do you like my puma socks? There are spirits in the, in the church today, and I'm telling you that the spirit of the living God is trying to speak in this place, but he's being clouded by the sound of all the noise and the sound of of all the nonsense, and the sound of all the politics, and the sound of the thoughts of society, and look what they're wearing, and look what they're not wearing, and listen how loud them kids are being, and listen how, how distracted I am, and my goodness, the sound of the music went off because the power went off, and all of a sudden, our ears were changed, and something was weird, and we began to get distracted. Why? Because the enemy would seek to sow confusion among God's people. There's a spirit that's speaking, but what's spirit are we listening to? That's why I believe that there are so many doctrines and denominations today. Is because church people have begun to quit listening to the spirit and they begin to listen to the spirits, if you will. I need you to understand that God is one God. I'm, I need you to understand that Jesus even said I would, that they would be one as we are one. I'm not trying to preach a, 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 a what do you call it? A singularity Godhead. I still believe in the trinity but they are one they are three in one and i'm telling you his doctrine is for us to be one as they are one amen and i'm telling you the reason that there are so many denominations and so many different doctrines is because people begin to hear from other spirits you can't tell me that somehow some of this book i didn't even put this in my notes but i'm gonna go ahead and say it uh, you can't tell me that you can read this book and somehow get something out of a relationship between David and Solomon that makes you think that you can pervert this thing and what God said to mean that, that, that homosexuality in their agenda is okay. You can't build a doctrine around that and yet there are churches that are being established today that have that in their agenda and I'm telling you there are churches uh, that, that, are, that are just preaching all kinds of crazy nonsense. Why? Because the they're not listening to the spirit of God. They're listening to the spirits of the ear. I'm telling you today, do you hear what I hear? He said in his scripture, he said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know. My voice. Now, I know that the enemy is sly. And I know that the enemy is quick, and I know that the enemy is deceitful, and he's wicked, and he's able to sneak in and be very cunning. But I'm telling you, if you are his sheep, you will know his voice. And if you're not sure if it's God, friend, you need to just stop. Don't move. Don't do anything. Even I'm reminded of, I believe it was Gideon threw out the fleece before God. He said, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. Uh, uh, I need to hear from God. And then, listen, he put it out there, and he said, okay, now I'm going to need the dew to fall upon the ground and not upon the fleece because he said I know I'm hearing something and I think it's the Lord but I'm not absolutely sure and I wish that some of us not to tempt the Lord but we would we would be a little more cautious with what we are saying and what we are doing. I, I I count, I come up here every week with fear and trembling saying, I don't want to say things that are not thus saith the Lord. There have been times I've left this pulpit, and I've wondered, I've said, wait, did I go too far? Did Paul get caught up in the mix with what he was saying? Because I don't want to say anything that's not of God behind this pulpit, and I don't want to say anything that's not pleasing to God, and not what the Spirit would say to the church, and I wonder if we in our own lives, we get caught up in the emotion of a moment, and we get caught up in the politics of a moment or we get caught up in the anger and frustration of a moment and then all of a sudden we begin to hear what is not God and we begin to speak it out I get so troubled in my spirit when I heard when I hear people say this is what the Lord said to you and I know in my spirit it is wrong they are not listening to the spirit of God they're listening to a spirit but it's not the spirit so the question again is do you hear what I hear Do you hear what I hear? Listen, what you are saying, you might need to write this one down. What you are saying is determined by what you are hearing. We used to tell the children, Abby and Eli, one of their first drama songs that they ever did was to a song called Garbage In, Garbage Out. What goes in is bound to come out. If you're listening to a bunch of nonsense, then don't expect that nonsense not to come out. I I used to have my hometown my, my home preacher, my, my my home church preacher, he used to say, Don't don't sit there and listen to the soap operas and then wonder why your marriage is in shambles. Don't, don't don't sit there and listen to who's cheating who and wonder why you can't get that thought about you, you, uh, uh, of your insecurities about your your husband or your wife if they're being true to you or not. Uh, I, you you whatever you're hearing is what you're going to say. It's it's inevitable that the enemy. Listen, I, I've preached this before, and this is not where I want to go with this message this morning. But I'm telling you the M.O. of Satan. You need to know it. Maybe you don't know it. the, the modus operandi of Satan is that he wants to get in your thoughts and begin to. Sow seeds in your thoughts. How does he do it? He begins to speak into your ear as he did with Eve in the garden when she said he said, Hath God said that hath not hath God not said that all the fruit is good for you. He began to sow a seed of doubt. and She began to listen in her ear to what was being told to her. If she had not listened to the spirit of the, of the serpent, then she wouldn't have had any trouble. If she would have just honed her ear to what God said and only what God said, then we would wouldn't be in this mess that we are in. But then we go a step farther, and then Adam began to listen to Eve. He quit listening to the father, and he began to listen to the people around him. He began to listen to this helpmate of his. And she wasn't telling him, thus saith the Lord. She was telling him, thus saith the serpent. But you see, we are listening. So what we what we are saying is determined by what we are hearing. The scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and so it doesn't say faith comes by seeing. I, I hear a lot of people say if I could only see God perform a miracle if I could only see God maybe uh, grow a limb back on somebody or see God raise the dead up uh, if I could only see that. No, no, no that wouldn't lift your faith because the enemy would have some way of perverting that. You keep thinking that that's the way your faith is going to be lifted but that's contrary to what our Bible tells us. Our Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and so if If we're going to grow in faith, then we must begin to hear in faith. I'm I'm reminded of when a child can't speak correctly. Have you ever seen when children maybe grow up and they, uh, you wonder at, at, at two or maybe 18, I don't know the time frame, 18 months, two years old, they're not making the right noises. They're not beginning to talk. They're not beginning to say what they need to say. They're not beginning to have audible speech and so when you take that child to the doctor I you can correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think the doctor goes and begins to say open your mouth and begins to look down and he doesn't say let me check your throat out let me see if your vocal cords are operating correctly no the doctor goes and he begins to look in the child's ear the child's not speaking correctly he doesn't go to the child's throat he goes to the child's ear because what we speak is what we hear, what we sp- what we hear It says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks but it doesn't get into the heart unless it first comes through the pathway of the mind and it's something that we've heard and that's why the scripture says that if you believe a lie that you'll be damned because there are people out there that are believing the lies of the enemy they're believing some false doctrine they're believing a doctrine that says God is not their God or some other thing that says Jesus is not the way and because of believing that lie they're going to live a life damned to hell because they have believed that lie and out of the abundance of their heart their mouth begins to speak but if you can't hear you cannot speak and so what i'm convinced of today and this is going to hurt when i say it but i'm conv- I, i'm convinced today that the church is spiritually dumb and mute because we are spiritually deaf the church of america today is not doing what we ought to do in the society that we live in, we're not being the voice that we need to be, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, saying, do you hear what I hear? I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, so. no, we're, we're, we're hushing our mouth, we're spiritually mute, we're spiritually dumb, we don't speak out when we see sin being running rampant, we won't stand up and say sin is sin, we, we'll, we'll sit in a crowd of people and as they begin to blaspheme our God, we'll just sit there and hold our silence, why? Because we, we're spiritually deaf and we can't hear what the Spirit is saying. And I'm telling you that true unity within the church will happen when we all hear the same Spirit. If we would all listen to the Spirit, I believe we would all hear what Elijah was hearing, and that is the sound of the abundance of rain. I don't know how far off it is. The rain equals the outpouring of the Spirit of God. The rain equals bringing moisture to what was dry, bringing life to the things that were dead. It equals revival. And I believe that Elijah was saying that I hear the sound of revival. I hear the sound of God bringing life to something that was dead. And therefore, just being interpreted meaning revival, was saying, I hear the sounds of revival, but he was the only one hearing the sounds of revival. I wonder if the church would get in unity with what we were hearing, and we would begin to hear the sounds of the abundance of rain beginning to fall. He, he listened there wasn't no cloud yet. There wasn't no, there wasn't no uh, atmospheric pressure change, there wasn't anything. He just heard something in his spirit, and he knew that it was the Spirit of God, and he began to say, I hear the sound of the abundance of of rain and if we would get in unity together God is not the God of confusion he would not tell his people opposite things and I believe that if he, we would listen today we, if we could tune in our spiritual ear we would hear the sound of the abundance of rain beginning to fall in the distance the question is do you hear what I hear because the faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word but you'll never see what you don't first hear I can hear a train coming from a long, time, long way away. I can hear a plane in the air oftentimes before I see it. I can hear things coming before I see it. I hear the wind howling. I can hear the storm coming before it ever gets to me. Why? Because there's power in the hearing, and the things can't be made manifest in our vision, and it can't be made manifest in our seeing until we first hear. And we've got to begin to hear in unity. Do you hear what I hear? The next lyric of the song says, Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? The song is the song's about unity. Brother Dennis, do you hear what I hear? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I remember a time when we were experiencing a great revival at my home church, and I... Uh, I, I I remember I was so zealous for the things of God in that time. And, and I said, I just want to work in the church, Pastor. I wish somebody would come along that was like me because I'd love to have a me, a young me in this church, because I remember I would I would go in that church and I and I, I said, Pastor, I just I just got to be a part of something. God's doing something in my life and I've got I've got to be a part of this. And he said, you know what you can do? He said, you can you can have the prayer cloth ministry people were being slain in the spirit and you get to you get to put the cloth on people and then when you're done when they're done you get to pick up the cloth and fold it up and, and put it back powerful job but i was like absolutely i'll do it so then we went out and we bought we got some baskets we got some fancy baskets. we were like we're gonna do this right you know so we we got our and so man i was i was like I was just, wait, I was kind of blowing with the pastor as he's praying with me, you know, just fall down, I got this, I got this blanket, and it's getting ready, you know, like I'm waiting to do my job, because I was zealous for God, you know, I'm like, I'm ready to move, and you know, and so they'd fall, and I mean, as they were falling, I had the blanket going on them at the same time, it was, you know, there wasn't, nobody was going to see nothing, and as I as I got my promotion from that, my promotion, because I loved the altars and I loved what was happening with the spirit of God and the altars. And so I got my promotion from that. And what I began to do was uh, I, I was strong so I could catch people. So now I wasn't put and sometimes I still put claws on people, but I would just I was a catcher. I would catch them, you know, and sometimes I'd pull them down like you're not falling fast enough. Not really. I didn't really do that. But sometimes I did trip a couple people. You know, I knew if pastor was going to apply pressure, I was going to put the foot behind him. That's a joke, too. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. That's a lie. I'm good. Thank God for grace. All right, but then, but then I remember. Then I got promoted from that because I was so good at catching people, or maybe so bad that they said hey, you need to do something else. And so I, w- my job, my role was to hold up the pastor. And well, actually, not the pastor. Um, I was the associate pastors armor bearer, I guess, if you will, and there was such a revival going on that as they would begin to pray with people, you didn't know who was going to fall, whether it was going to be the person praying or the pastor that was going to fall, you know, sometimes it was like a lightning bolt that was coming down out of heaven, and, you know, you'd see two people, you'd see them lay hands on people, and then the guy laying hands, he was like, you know, and he was gone, and so my job then was to hold up the pastor, or the, the associate pastor, you know, and I didn't trip him because he, he had a job to do. So, you know other I'd trip other people, but not him. And so uh, so I remember one service that y- all that stuff was free and probably irrelevant. So now you know that story and it has nothing to do with the service. But the point was that I th- that that we got to this one service, and I was holding up the associate pastor, and we began to they, as they began to lay hands on people, and I wasn't laying hands on nobody yet. I wasn't trained for that just yet, but I was holding up the associate pastor, and and he was laying hands on people, and as they were laying hands on people, it was a uh, it was a building where we had uh, four sections in the building in a center row. And so each, there was four, about this size, four sections though. And there was a center row. And and we had prayed for people on, the, in the altars, and then we prayed for people out in the seat, and then we prayed for people up on the worship team, and everybody was laid out in the spirit. And then there was some people that are back in the foyer, and so we went out the back to the foyer, and we were praying for people, and they were slain in the spirit in the foyer and down the hallway, and then in the men and women's bathroom. I don't know why we went in the women's bathroom, but they, we weren't. They, it was all good because we had prayer cloths, and so. But there were people just slain everywhere. This story is not going the way I want it to go. But there was people slain in the spirit everywhere. And as we began to come back. Into we had rounded the bend down the hall from the restrooms and the the drinking fountain, and we got to that foyer area. And we 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 stood at the front doors to the sanctuary again. And as we began to look in the sanctuary, I remember looking around, and there was not one person left standing. It was like us four standing side by side at the front entrance, and we were kind of half slouched, kind of trying to stand in the presence of God. But I remember the pastor looking over at me, and each one of us seen. This cloud that was in the sanctuary, there was not a man standing, but there was the Shekinah glory cloud of God that was in the sanctuary when we turned around and we looked in and the pastor looked at us and he said, do you see what I see? Do you see what I are you seeing what I'm seeing and we were all like yeah I see what you're seeing it's a it was a wonder to us just seeing the power of God and the presence of God that was literally permeating throughout the building the glory cloud was in the building and he was saying do you see what I see and every one of us was saying yes pastor we see what you see and it's the glory of God and about that time all four of us just fell out and there wasn't a person standing left in the church and we were there for several hours with a cloud of glory over our head and many people weeping and many people just basking in the presence. We didn't have a need to say anything. We didn't care what time it was. We didn't care what meal we missed. We just knew that there was a glory cloud in the house and we all could see it. Why? Because there was unity in our vision and we began to see and as he said do you see what I see? We said yes I see what you see and and, 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 and there was something powerful when unity came together and, they, and we all had the same vision, and the vision was God. The scripture says that we see sometimes through a glass darkly, and sometimes it says that uh, it says we see through a glass darkly, I'm sorry, and this I need you to understand that sometimes the promise of rain begins with a cloud the size of a man's hand. Sometimes what your vision is begins with something so small. Your vision may begin like that. Your, your family salvation, listen, if your vision is for your family salvation, your 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 family salvation may begin with one special service. One special service could change your family's outcome. One cloud the size of a man's hand. Your family's, uh, or, or it could happen like this, your family's salvation may begin with one bad circumstance. With one negative turn. Because I'm reminded in my scripture that he said, I'm working all things together for good. You might have your blessing of your great job coming at the expense of losing your existing job a small cloud, a little, the size of a man's hand. You've got to hold to your faith today. And if faith comes by hearing, if the faith comes by hearing, then I had to be reminded of another song. That's the song called Beulah Land. The second verse of that song, and I'm not going to sing through the song, but the second verse of the song says that I'm looking now Across the river to where my faith is going to end in sight. I'm going where my faith that came by hearing and hearing the word of God, where my faith in him was what he was speaking to me. It's going to end in my vision for him. It's going to end in what I see in front of me. It may not be manifest in front of your eyes right now, but I'm telling you, what you are hearing will come to fruition in your life. And if we will begin to hear in unity, then what we are hearing together and we're hearing the sound of the abundance of rain, that means that rain is coming its way. It's coming, it's it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm telling you, as Noah was preaching as he was building the ark, he was saying the rain is coming, the rain is coming, the rain is coming. And they were saying, I know not of this rain you speak of. There's no such thing as rain. But he said the rain's coming, the rain's coming. And I feel like him today because the scripture says, as was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. I'm telling you, I feel like the preacher today that's beating upon the pulpit saying, God is coming, God is coming. There's a vision. I have a vision. I can hear him. I have a vision of what I hear And I hear the sound of the abundance of rain But I hear the king on his way He's coming You need to hear what I'm saying Listen to what I say Because he's coming I see him coming And he's coming on the clouds of glory And we need to be ready for his return I'm looking now across the river Where my faith from hearing is going to end in sight We we, and and this is important about having unity and hearing is one thing, but having unity and vision is so important. We can't have and you've heard me talk about this before and I won't spend long on it, but we cannot have division. Division, it's two, it's divided vision. You can't have that. And I've got to tell you, if your vision is not the same as this church vision, if we don't share in a vision, I'm sorry, ma'am or sir, you are in the wrong church because without the same vision we can't go to what God is calling us to go to. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to run anybody off, but we all have to have the same vision pressing forward. Or we're not going toward the same goal. I'm telling you the Bible says that men perish for lack of vision. If you don't have the same vision, then you then then you're in the wrong place. And if the church was unified in hearing from God and seeing the same things? Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Then I would be, a, I believe that there would be a cry that would shake all of heaven and earth if we could get in one mind and one accord about hearing the same thing, the Spirit of God, and about seeing the same thing, the vision of God. Then there would be the cry that is the last refrain of that song where the king said, Listen to what I say. If we will hear what each other is hearing and we will see what each other is seeing, then we will eventually begin to cry out, Listen to what I say. Listen to me. We as the church, I said we've been quiet so long because we're spiritually deaf. We've been quiet so long and I'm telling you we have bread and they're starving. We have the bread of life and they are starving. We have the answer to everyone's questions of their life and they are searching for the answer and yet we have the answer inside of us and his name's Jesus and we won't talk about it because we're not unified in our hearing and we're not unified in our seeing but we won't talk about it. And so we have been given life eternal and they are dying and going to hell. I'm telling you, if there's one of the the, one of the biggest problems in the church today, it's that we have Jesus and they need Jesus and we don't get what our duty is. Why are we here? Why are we here, church? We're not, here, we're not here to see how good the music is or, or how bad the music is. We're not here to see if pastor is, uh, runs the aisles this morning or if he's stepping on whatever or if he takes his shoes. We're not here for those purposes we're here to be a light unto the darkness. You don't let your you you don't put a a hide it under a bushel. My goodness I can't speak. You don't hide it under the bushel. You let it so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. What are we doing? We need to be hearing from heaven and seeing the vision from heaven and then say listen to what I'm saying. My God there are many people out there speaking. That's why we hear so much stuff but I'm afraid we are not speaking the church is not speaking turn with me in your scriptures as I'm closing to to the book of Romans chapter number 10 Romans chapter 10 verse number 14 says how then Shall they call upon him in who they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him who they have not heard? Hearing. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good how is the world going to know about Jesus unless they have heard how are they going to believe unless they have heard if we would just get in unity about hearing the same spirit no more division no more no more coming in in the morning and 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 saying listen i know we all have things i have things too you know i have i have we, we all have stuff we all have you know, there, there are many of us that have more more month than money. There are many of us that have vehicles issues. There are many of us who, you know, we, we walk through a mud puddle on the way to church and ruin our stuff or, you know, whatever it is. I know you come in with things. I know that's real. But when you walk in the door, it, you, you need to be able to just check it at the door and say, I need to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I need to listen closely to what the Spirit of God is trying to tell me right now. And if I'll listen closely and my neighbor will listen closely and we'll begin to come in communion together and we'll be coming to you unity together, then all of a sudden we're going to begin to see a vision because you see, Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain long before there was a cloud the size of a man's hand, long before there was ever any rain falling. It wasn't that he heard the sound of rain somewhere off in the distance. No, there was no rain anywhere. It hadn't even been developed yet. Why? Because he had to enact his faith. He had to begin to hear something in the spiritual that needed to become manifest in the natural and so we'll begin to hear together and we'll begin to see together but then when we get to those two places church where we're hearing the same spirit and we're seeing the same vision then we've got to begin to say together in unity listen to what i say listen to what i say listen to what i say you heard me preach several months ago about look at me y'all remember that sermon look at me it, Peter and John were passing by the guy at the gate called Beautiful, and he was laying there saying alms, 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 and Peter looked down at him and he said, "Uh, Silver and gold, he said, look upon us. He said, look upon me, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus. I rise up and walk again. And he took up his bed. And I, and I reminded you that Peter and John knew that they had what that guy needed. He, they didn't say uh, look to somebody else for your needs. I don't know how many people are hurting out there, but we're constantly saying I hope they don't come to me because I don't know if I've got what they need. I'm telling you, ma'am or sir, you've got what they need. If you'll get unified in your hearing and unified in your vision, then you can say look at me. I've got what you need. Look upon me because there's a man named Jesus and he has all the answers. So listen to what I say. And if we could get to the place where we're saying look listen to what I say, then I believe in this Christmas season, we would be saying joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. I'm telling you this morning as you stand to your feet in this place that if we're going to join together in one hearing and one vision, and one voice saying, listen to what I say, then we need to say... A Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. What am I saying this morning? I need you to hear me more clearly because what I'm saying is that there was a Savior that 2017 years ago, he came and he was born in a manger and he died for us that we could live again. But before he ever died for us, he was still Emmanuel God with us. He was the Savior of the world that was sent to this world to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm telling you today that the Christmas season we need to be noising it abroad. The Christmas season is about the king. It's not about toys. It's not about jingles. It's not about sleigh bells ringing and ting ting tingling too. It's not about presents under the tree. It's not about the light. It's about a man named Jesus. It's only about Jesus. And if we would get unified in our hearing and unified in our vision then we would say listen to what I say. And I'm telling you that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Jesus is the answer. Church, we've got to get serious about talking about Jesus. It's Christmas and it's turned into a commercial madness. And I'm going these anyway. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not rebuking anyone. We love the Christmas season. I put, I put lights up on my house. We love the Christmas season. Eli is a Christmas junkie. He starts listening to Christmas music like just before Halloween. And and, it, and it's all fine. It's all great to have Christmas cheer and to celebrate and give gifts and have family time and just draw close together. But it's been said year after year after year, and yet the church never gets it. celebrate him we love him all year long but do we hear what he's saying do you hear what I hear do you see what he sees and do you say what he says I ask you the questions all day today first person but I believe the question at the end of the sermon is if Jesus were standing here and I could for just a moment be the voice of Jesus speaking into your life. I believe Jesus would say, do you hear what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Can you see through these eyes that sat on the cross and told, the, told God, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Can you see through those eyes? Can you see what I see? And can you say what I say? Young people, you need to begin to say what God says. In your church, on that church band, say what God says. Don't be ashamed of this gospel. To men it's foolishness, but the power of the cross, to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. you're in this place and you say i want to be unified and hearing what the spirit of god is saying to us in this church in these days in this hour whatever it is i always say the last hour well it's the last hours But I don't care if God tarries for 50 more years. What I want to know is in this era of history, will we be performing what God is saying to the church? Whether he tarries, listen, I I want God to come back tomorrow. I'm saying, even so come Lord Jesus. Every day of my life, I'm saying, even so come Lord Jesus. Your will be done. Even so come. But if for some reason he were to tarry and everybody in this church would go on to the grave and Your life is not wasted. It's what impact will you make here for God, for the cause of Christ. I know that the disciples thought Jesus was coming in their day. And Martin Luther may have had it on good account that he was coming in his day. And all of the patriarchs, Jonathan Wesley, they might have thought he was coming in their day. And we think he's coming in our day. But if he tarries, it doesn't matter because it's not about when he comes. It's about the fact that he is coming. Inside of a hundred years, every person will live and die. And they will meet their Maker. And we've got to hear what He hears, see what He sees, and say what He says. And then tell the world listen to what I say. Simple message this Christmas about unity, about being unified as believers. About being unified as a church. Not divided, not having two two heads, not having two visions, not having two hearing of what the Lord is saying, but getting unified in what he's saying. If you'll commit with me to just becoming unified, and not more, more than unified, because that's the first step. Matter of fact, let's do that. If you'll commit to me to becoming unified. In hearing and seeing the vision, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Should should be unanimous. Then we need to take it a step farther and say, if you'll be unified in the vision and unified in the hearing, can we be unified as a voice? As a voice. I, you, I, you may have heard me say this before, but I was talking to my pastor friend one time before I was a pastor you want to know the secret to growing a church as if I had some great wisdom in the matter I'd never been a pastor at all but I said you you want to know you want to know how to grow a church he said yeah he knew I didn't know much I said spirit of god is moving in this church and all that he needs you to do is begin to say what he says and tell the world to listen to what i say you begin to brag on jesus and put expectations on jesus and he will not let you down you tell them what god is doing and god will blow their minds not because of something i have to offer but something he has to offer Not because of some music we have to offer, but because of what the Spirit has to offer. Not because of the great love and fellowship that we have, but because of the great love that He has. If you'll begin to noise it abroad. So this morning, the second question is, unified in vision, unified in hearing, can we be unified in a voice reaching out into this community? Asking, Sister Evelyn, every time you tell me that you adopted another family and asked them to come to church. It joys my heart because you're telling them, you're bragging on your church and you're saying you need to come, you need to come. That's what brings people in. Will they all come? No. But if we all do our job to speak and we're unified, there's power. If one puts a thousand to flight and two put ten thousand to flight, how many would we put to flight? How many would we be able to draw in if we were unified and saying, listen to what I say. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this morning. I want you to lift your hands to the heavens right now.